the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hoth. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Emma Foley. She's aka the Smiling Ninja, the creator of the Feel Good Tribe, and is in the midst of her training for the Spartan Ultra Based Race. So, welcome onto the show, Emma. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's awesome. So, before we get started with today's episode, Emma, I would yeah. jump to the assumption that people would be intrigued as why you are, and I obviously already know the answer to this, but why are you aka the smiling ninja? Well, as you can tell, I'm naturally a very smiley person. And someone actually said, I think someone said to me yesterday, they're like, I get the whole smiley part, but why the ninja? Are you like going to like karate chop like planks of wood and stuff? Are you a secret assassin? And I was just like, well, I don't really know where it came from. I was talking to someone like months ago and I just said, oh yeah, I'm like the smiling ninja. And the guy was like, I absolutely love that. So I just stuck with it and I've just kept it ever since. So hence the smiling ninja. Just need a suit now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously that's probably transpired to then go on to for you creating your Facebook group, the Feel Good Tribe. Yeah. Yeah, so I created that in I think it was about the just after the first week of January I created that group. Yeah, so it's been running a while now. And in terms of the things that you talk about, um, I don't think of the words, within that, 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 that group and safe place, is it to look to be upbeat, positive, and be somewhat of an uplifting environment? Yeah, so that, that's why I created it, because I'm very, very much a people person. I like radiate towards sort of helping people or raising raising people what's that saying it's something like we rise by raising others or something and I, I created it because I love the whole community spirit and I thought well I would like to offer that and connect people while you know sort of encouraging motivating that sort of like support network as well so obviously I love to encourage the positivity but I also want to feel that I'm very approachable and someone can come to me as well so yeah and then probably people would be very intrigued to um, find out why you would want to put your body for those extremes to do the ultra beat run. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. I know you've done one in the past. And um, yes. through the misfortune of the weather, you didn't get to complete it, which I think was a downer for you. Yeah, it was because I'd literally harped on about this race for like a year. I'm doing the Spartan Ultra Beast, da, 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 and I literally only had 10 k to do, and then I got pulled off um, course because <laughs> I thought I was going to get hypothermia. To be fair, I was dressed as Wonder Woman, <laughs> like should have had some extra base layers on, but you know, as you do, you live and learn. Um, so I like vowed that I would do it again. Right, so two years on, I'm doing it, and it's just under four weeks. And yeah, going back to the why I'd put myself through it, it's the whole I get like some sort of thrill off the challenge because it's not just a normal challenge. So that's why I love it. And every, everyone says to me, You're mad. Why would you love to do that sort of thing? But I love mud, I like obstacles. Yeah, so I like to literally love that. But in the sense of an extreme, it's not that bad. In terms of the euphoria that it would bring to you, it's not, um, oh God, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, Be like the likes of base jumping, bungee jumping. Oh, yeah. That much of a thrill. No, 
no so it's, it's yeah so i guess comparing it to some things it maybe looks quite tame however if you compare it to the likes of a standard road race like a usual i don't know like great north run or something it's probably a little bit more out there <laughs> but what's your background then in terms of like from a sporting sense is it because with that kind of obstacle race it's very much cross-country orientated yeah um to be honest so my sporting history when I was at school I was never particularly sporty believe it or not I was the main thing that I used to get into was cross-country so I used to be a runner um things like tennis anything like that um yeah pretty crap but (laughs) um but yeah and then I guess what got me into I, I suppose I developed my sort of sport mindset as it were when I was, oh, I was still at uni and I was introduced to an outdoor boot camp and I absolutely loved that. I, kind of, I actually re- responded, sorry the siren's just gone past there. I actually responded really well to like a sort of military kind of, yeah I, I responded well to that and one of the lads who was actually part of it started talking about these adventure races and I basically knew nothing about these. And then that's how I started getting involved. And once I'd done one, I was like, oh, I love it. And that's what, yeah, that's basically gave me the, the thirst for the races like that. So why that negative connection with, um, I won't say a, a fear or hatred towards physical education in, in, high, in school environment and then that change. But how do you go from probably f- from one extreme in case in point to the other how do you mean from which which extreme you mean from from, from, the... from not being very sporty to being not eccentric but to, to want to go <laughs> beyond the normal normality of what is sports so if i say this is the general population you put the sport yeah. in people that put sport as their identity here and I lump you yeah. with probably everybody up, up, up somewhere up here how do you kind yeah. of go from there to there I think it still stems back to joining that boot camp because as I responded so well to the style it was great to see because straight away again this this goes back to my mindset's improved a lot over the number of years but my mindset was quite weak I guess then as in I was very t- hard on myself. And so in t- straight away, I was like, right, well, I must join the beginner group in the because they used to have like a beginner, intermediate, advanced in the boot camp. So straight away, I was in beginner. And uh, they were like, you should really be an intermediate, you know? And I was like, oh, God, really? And it was just seeing how quickly, because I started like a couple of sessions, then I was going four or five times a week and seeing how much I could do and then how fit I got, it gave me like a bit of a kick. Um, so I'd say that's what changed my mindset, seeing what I could actually do. Whereas at school, I guess there wasn't, well, when I say variety, there, wa- there was a bit of variety at school, but not to what I had when I was at boot camp. And I guess just being around different people, I guess. Yeah. But do you think it's, it's a limiting belief as opposed to a mindset that you were put in? Then? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I, at school, um, I, I didn't associate myself with being like sporty at all. I was like, oh, I can run and that's it. I can't do anything else. That's what I would say myself. I'd, I'd use a typical can't set, can't mindset, which obviously I don't do now. But yeah, I was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a, a limiting belief on my part. Yeah. But but why would you come come to that point in in, in terms of in that thought process of, of I can't be sporty when people that are less inclined and I'm going to use my words very carefully now uh, <laughs> or have this hatred of physical education or resentment to that part of their life because be it for whatever reason of an external yeah. factor. Why did you not see that you couldn't be sporty when people would probably say to you, well, you, you were good at running, so why are you not in the same mindset of 
that of a sports person? I guess I, I, at the time when I was at school and my mindset, I wasn't very open to any of those ideas. I just saw it as it was, like black and white. I can run. That's it. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, as I said, I've developed that. That's changed a hell of a lot. But back in the days, yeah, it's just black and white. I can run. That's about it. Not sporty. And I was, again, I would probably focus on things. Um, so, for example, even though I know I could run, I would probably focus on the game of tennis that I tried to, that I attempted to play. Or, or like, you know, I'd focus on probably things that I wasn't as good at at the time instead of what I could actually do. Oh, so you had this feeling of you couldn't brush it off then? And if it was yeah I guess yeah because I'll use the example of myself I think this has happened later in life than than you and it's probably because I've not lived I don't necessarily lived up to my own expectations but I didn't think it would be so difficult and, and generally sports have been I won't say a walk in the park, but to be making national teams, it hasn't been as easy, uh, as difficult, should I say, as they should be. But that still comes down to talent and and work rate. Whereas maybe with this one, I thought, well, I've been there and I've done it. It should be the same. But I think what I may have not thought of, I'm being open-minded like you were talking about, I'm I'm getting older, so things are not going to come easier. Yeah, got you. Yeah, definitely. But but obviously, Emma, from, from you talking about your exploits with your running, you come mm-hmm. from an area that is very rooted in athletics. So why why have that negative belief system built in place? Because be it and and the the names uh, are losing me, which is kind of frustrating because it's I was uh, grew up. Uh, because of my mother being heavily liking athletics, the names should be stuck in my consciousness, but I can't think of them right now within British athletics. But you, you have a strong history for where you live in the northeast of obviously long distance running. So you having that, not having that connection to I can't be an athlete surprises me. Yeah, well, as I said, that was back then. Obviously, my my mindset's changed quite a lot. Yeah, I, I can't actually pinpoint why I was stuck in that belief system back when I was at school but yeah definitely was and it's potentially as well I don't know if it comes from my parents when not really sporty I guess Um, I don't that potentially had a slight connection Um, especially my dad my dad like used to (laughs) used to tell me stories they used to like get um, like mum to write letter to get him out of PE and stuff at school <laughs> yeah I know I wasn't like that um, but yeah oh I did maybe periodically but I have an excuse I have to certain extent I have an excuse it would be I've got mechanical issues to deal with I would have an invisibility so that one yeah, might yeah. be I might use it as a certain extent a decoy because maybe I can't be bothered for that whatever particular reason that might have been on that day. It's like, well, I'll use this as the, the, the scapegoat. But generally the teachers will accept that because it's like, well, I need that to function for everything else. Whereas yeah, maybe yeah. everybody else, and I have worked in education, so you do see this as like, well, okay, we'll let you, we'll let you have a pass this week. But if it's like an ongoing process, it's more towards probably a deeper issue of that you were talking about be it there's no uh, not physical attachment be a family orientation towards be it exercise on that nature so you're gonna kind of through probably nurture you're gonna gradually gravitate because gravitate towards that because that's everything you know so I think in terms of that that actual mindset being deep-rooted I think people need to probably test that at times and look to see well 
do you you are your own identity your own person yeah Mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to and i did a post about this weeks ago in terms of like belief you don't always have to agree with be it, uh, friends family members yeah. and you can kind of plot your own way okay they have your best intentions at heart but you need to do what's best for you it, be it yeah. they say le- they say go left you may want to go right and you need to oh, you need to be willing to take those consequences and i think when you're younger It'd be, and this is where probably mental attitude comes into its the fore. You will be in a place of making those right decisions for you. Obviously, when you you like you were talking about, when you're in a better place mentally, you're gonna say, "Well, I'm gonna hear you out because that's the best thing you need to do." But I'm thinking, well. I like what you're saying overall in the grand scheme of things, but not at this particular moment. And I'm going to go this way and see where it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a difficult one because of when you are on that spectrum of, we'll call it mental fortitude to a certain extent. If you are a little bit inclined like you were when you were in your teens, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be more in agreement with that individual, even though you probably feel deep down you don't really believe in what you're doing and that's probably where most people are in day-to-day life you're doing something to survive you, you you'll hear the story of uh people hating their jobs well athletes generally won't hear them say it because yeah, yeah. it's deep rooted in passion it's i've got into it because i love it the case in point with you would probably your uh, area more more specifically deep-rooted love of his football team and for the Americans of his soccer team so Newcastle United it's uh, I think it was it's part of their identity it's it's deep-rooted around around the football club so it, it is that sense of building upon what we're talking about with your tribe sport is very tribal it, it probably brings yeah, yeah, yeah. both the good and the bad of an individual yeah, yeah yeah but in terms of coming back to you emma, emma more specifically what what do you think is other than the boot camp per se at university what has kind of steered you in that direction of more should i say positivity with your mindset more positivity in my mindset well I've always I've always been like a positive person I guess it's um I suppose I used to be really really hard on myself and it's probably gotten developed even more especially over the last couple of years when I started to get into personal development and doing different things and just having more awareness basically and being kind to myself and yeah so yeah I'd say I've always been positive I've just um found different avenues to explore but for you more specifically yeah because everybody's going to differ as to why they're harsh on themselves what yeah that for you was kind of that catalyst what was that trigger moment that kind of made you critical of yourself um one thing which I used to find really challenging was that because you know I'm very smiley positive person I used to think it was a failing if I had an off day like say and I say oh but everyone knows me as like the smiley one or whatever so whenever I didn't or I felt sad then I would think it was a failing so then I'd beat myself up about that whereas now like we're all like completely human and every single person has goes through challenges now I sort of I've totally changed the way I go about it so I'll allow myself to feel it uh, process it and then know that the next day is sort of a another day kind of thing but why do you think that people are way inclined in their thought process of thinking to a certain extent like a robot I need to act like this this in this certain fashion, this certain way to get this certain response? Uh, 
it's a lot to do with society and the way you've been brought up or things that you've you've heard for for a long long time like the way you've been conditioned and yeah when I and one thing for me is when I was which you were, a lot of people still don't believe but I used to be incredibly quiet when I was at school like really quiet and obviously all the stuff I do now like my tribe like walking around interviewing people at Newcastle people will be like say what um but I guess I used to I used to be quite loud with my friends however like say in a classroom environment or just in general I prefer to sit at the back of the class and I guess blend in and the thought of someone asking me something or you know putting on the spot would absolutely terrify the life out of me no I can relate I can relate to that because I think people will be surprised well not surprised to hear because people that know me more specifically know that I'm like that most of the time it would be I think it's a very much a learned trait from a family perspective because all my family yeah so so be um I look to be see how would I word this you you know you're the quiet one at the back of the room and I'll say this from two points of view now when I speak up it's generally something that you want to listen to and, and this is where where I think be it Facebook Live, podcast, and using all the other social medias, when I say something, generally you should take notice because I won't do it for the sake of it to be it to clickbait or anything like that because I'm very um, critical of that and and, and very sceptical. It's like, well, a lot of that is has a motive around it it's it's not necessarily to teach you something it's to be yeah. either gain popularity give that instant sense of gratitude whereas when i'm doing it i'm not doing it necessarily for me okay the exposure yes that's cool all good and well it's probably the same with you but i'm trying to teach you something and get you to look at something from a different perspective okay if you're not mm. willing to take that on board that's fair that's fine that's fair yeah. enough because you can't please everybody uh, it's generally possibly not the right time for you to take on board that information but it's trying to get to you to see it through my eyes my perspective and take on something if you, if you take on board something of that that's good but generally, I'm one of those people who stand off. So it, it's very much trying to go a complete 180 degrees and be, mm-hmm. I won't say necessarily be, not be somebody that I'm not, because in a sporting sense, and you are definitely the same in terms of the mold, we're confident in that arena. It'd be, it's like, how can you be two different people? Whereas yeah. it's like, well, yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable to be. I wouldn't even say an extrovert in, in the sports sense. It's, it's confidence. I exude it. It's probably beaming and radiating off me. And I was talking about to somebody from your neck of the woods this morning about it. We kind of gravitate towards negativity. Negativity. Yeah, I say the word negativity in the sense of the word from a mindset perspective because you need to get in that into that mindset of obviously ruthlessness um yeah well, just just certainly going back to the, the, the age old thing it's probably like kill it, kill it a killing mentality but you can't do that in sport yeah. whereas you're okay with that and then you once that's finished you come back to normality and to be who you are whereas i think i think the general populace can't doesn't i, want, I don't want to say this harshly but can't be able to differentiate between the two, the two states of being and be comfortable with it because mm-hmm. it is very, how would I put this? Not one track. It's be, they, they, they see it as black and white as you put it. Whereas I think as people that are a little bit more open-minded kind of see it as multi, uh, multi, multi-colour facet, and I'm going to use one from a comedian on, on the BBC, it's looking at things in technicolour 
as opposed yeah. to being very old school and being black and white. Yeah. We're able to see the spectrum and designate where we need to put ourselves to the environment and be very much reflective as the situation has not gone particularly well. Oh, well, let me forget about it. Because if I keep reliving the scenario, it's not going to help the, the, the outcome. No. So I think thinking like that, okay, it takes awareness to be able to do that. But it puts you in, in, in a sense of, there's a certain sense of gratitude and you're a little bit happier most of the time. But yeah. for you... Oh, oh am now, I? Is that a question? Yeah. I'm going to come to a question now. But for you... How do you think that's transpired for you to be able to have that sense of being able to live in Technicolor? And I'm going to probably use this more and more because that's quite cat. It's quite <laughs> funny in terms of using it. How do you be, get to be able to operate that you're in a sense of what people will call, and I probably would put myself in that in that bracket sometimes as well being abnormal and being happy, happy go lucky because from a British mentality or how it is perceived mm. from the outer world, you know, like be, be it anybody else in the world, be the Brits are very uh, stiff upper lip. Whereas yeah. how you operate is more, and I'm not going to generalize. I'm saying for the majority of the American, American population, it's, it's more suited to that their state of being. The American, did you say? American side. Yeah, someone else said that to me, actually. I can't remember who it was. Oh, no, there's another siren going past. <laughs> so how, so you basically, how do I sort of bring about that sort of feeling myself? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's, I, I just, I prefer to sort of look for the positives as opposed to the negatives. And... As I said, we're all going to have some negative thoughts. It's just, yeah, I, I just prefer to, I guess, see the opportunities and instead of looking, yeah, so looking for the negatives, yeah, basically. So look for the positive instead of the negatives. <laughs> Didn't know where I was going with that. <laughs> and you're talking about sirens. As we're recording this, this is only Monday to give people a sense of um, yeah, I know. what we're doing. <laughs> uh, and obviously you live in Newcastle and be it, I, I, I know I did put a post out there last week, be it why is social media making you fat? And, and, and I mentioned, um, I think Jordy, um, Jersey Shore, <sighs> but I think I had a mention towards where you live as well. Geordie Shaw, Geordie Shaw, yeah. Yeah. So we're thinking, yeah. I'm assuming some of those maybe are ambulances and police, not just, so you're thinking, oh, it's not the weekend yet. Why is it so light? Yeah, I know. Maybe it's a, been a long weekend. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, God, you know what? I've only watched like, I haven't even watched a full episode of Geordie Shaw. I think everyone thinks, everyone in Newcastle, a lot of people think, oh, you, you like the people from Geordie Shaw. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think when I first met you, I'm thinking you're not from Newcastle. Yeah, everyone says that as well. Yeah, everyone says that. They're like, you're not Geordie. And then they're like, oh, you're just a posh Geordie. (laughs) That's another thing I get as well. Is there even such a thing? Because I wouldn't call Northumbria, and this is maybe being stereotypical, I I I wouldn't say it was posh, but that's maybe a little bit of ignorance coming through. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not posh. I would say, yeah, I don't have a Geordie accent. I would definitely say I had a Northern twang, though. Definitely. Yeah, but most people, people can't place. That... Most people can't place mine either. Be it, but but no. that come, but that comes down to my upbringing overseas from a military background, where most okay, my my mother and father weren't officers, but the majority of people that were stationed there were so you would have the British population speaking a certain way so it's very oh I can't even think the word it's not monotone but it's everybody speaks in the same tone where it would be the ones who are enlisted which would have accents And, and I think for me that's maybe why I've got that empathy 
towards other people because I've grown up in a multicultural environment. I've got to be empathetic to somebody that their English per se is not very good, but and yeah. this, this, the older, I, I don't know, we're going slightly off topic now, but of Brits, when they go abroad, they're going to shout to the individual. Well, it doesn't matter if you shout at somebody who you're talking to. If they don't understand what you're saying, it's not going yeah. to compute. So I would be very much uh, of of weighing, and I think this is probably coming back to how I was brought up. You look to copy it, and it will you'll slow down your way of speaking to the individual. How I'm speaking to you now to somebody that is not their native tongue, I wouldn't speak the same way. I'd probably, not babyish, but, or belittle them. I yeah. would slow it down so they would be able to convert yeah. every single word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's probably helped me with my, my other languages be, I'm multi, multi, multi-talented, but I'm probably critical in that sense of the word because with the foreign languages, I'm not as good as I was. 10 15 years ago but mm. i don't speak on a regular basis and english is my other obviously mother tongue so it's my bread and butter so it's easier but i think this is where i think people need to look at things and be maybe at times take that step back especially with awareness towards others yeah. because oh, yeah. uh be be it through whatever state of mind they're in i think you people were quick to to judge be it from what i was talking about with the sporting context but from a a negative negative perspective now be very uh quick to get irritated frustrated Mm. and angered towards a situation that okay, it's not gone my way, be it, I don't know, being cut up in the, on, on, on the roads, being, um, uh, well, it doesn't happen that much in supermarkets, but be somebody cut in line uh, from, be it from that perspective. Okay. I think from a, for a British person, that is okay. That's okay to a certain extent because we're, I'm not going to say conditioned, but, have that stereotype of other nationalities be yeah. oh, the Brits are always waiting in line. They won't, they won't get easily irritable. It's like, well, that's a stereotype. And that's like me saying a ge- every German is going to put their towel on a sun, on a sun lounger. So they, they, they get the perfect one. And I know there's a few Germans that listen to this show, so there's no judgment, <laughs> of you, but that's the stereotype be, I think, very much yeah, yeah, yeah. the Brits have towards the Germans uh, when you go on holiday. It's like you got to beat the, the Germans, the Dutch, if you want to get a good sun lounger. So I think that notion of people are set in stone and set in their ways, like, well, I think in this day and age, that's not true. There'll be merges and overlaps of different cultures, be it because everything is so access- easily accessible. And I think this is where you need to take that step back and maybe put yourself in one other shoes and i think loads of people don't like to do that because it's like mm. well if i think of how they're feeling how's that going to make me feel and at most of the time probably not good but i think and how this i'm going to make my point on this i've been able to take that step back and people are quite shocked it's like well why are you so positive and I'm not going to say all the time because you're probably the same yeah. relating to this. How can you take a positive from a negative situation? It's like, well, I don't do, I don't dwell on it or try not to dwell upon it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm expected to, and I use the analogy of uh, the basketball tournament I had yesterday. We lost, end up losing every game, and people will say, "Well, how did it go?" And will be apologetic. It's like. I was laughing and joking about it with my team because we kept losing. It's like, well, let's see the funny side of it. Are we gonna are we gonna lose another game? And I was joking about it. So and and it, yeah. that humor orientation towards it, I think people will be very judgmental to some extent as to how can you laugh in the face of adversity mm. and be okay with that. 
okay, I'm not saying that I like losing. That's a different story. Yeah. Uh, but I was able to look at the positive as, okay, if I can laugh about it and jokingly say, okay, we're going to lose another game here. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it does bring a sense of relaxation. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. We, in theory, are expected to now lose on paper. Yeah. But I think you kind of take the the shackles off from that basis. Yeah, got you. But I I think from from your perspective, Emma, mm-hmm. you you you've got that humility, I believe. To okay, you're doing this Spartan beast, but you're doing it for a greater cause. It's not. It's well, to a certain extent, you want to finish it. That's your. Oh yeah, that's, definitely. That's the overall. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Outcome, but. Per se, for for the listeners, what what is the cause that's close to your heart that's probably making you push that bit more to to want to get it finished? Well, I decided that I wanted to do it for the the Mind Mind Charity. And so I'm actually doing it for the local one to us. It's the Tyneside and Northumberland Mind. And I just thought it, it was especially this year I've unfortunately heard about a lot of suicides and things like that and obviously you know mental health and I mean God I've gone through anxiety and everything myself and I just thought you know what as well as doing something like a challenge it'd be a great incentive for me to actually raise money for like a really good cause so that's why I'm doing it so not only do I want to finish it I'd like to finish it because I know that I'm raising money for like this great charity so yeah and also emma mm-hmm. are you doing it at a different time of the year to the one that i'm not going to call it failure because it's kind of taking out your hands experience of uh hypothermia that the, uh, it's probably a doctor saying no 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 <laughs> no in certain terms are you going to finish this because i think and this is i'm going to generalize and blanket statement it i think when an athlete gets into that mindset that i'm going to finish it I don't care about my own safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have to take it on themselves to say, no, 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 no. You, you don't, you're not in the right state of mind to make that decision for yourself. Yeah. You're kind yeah. Of gone, uh, with the, bl- the blinkers on from a horse mentality. Well, the finish line is in sight. It's, it's, I, I the pain that I'm enduring, the, the descent, Hypothermia you wouldn't feel because I think because you, you you're actually still going. If if you stopped, it probably worse. You you're not in that frame of well, I feel cold, but I don't I don't necessarily feel it, so I'm just going to plod on anyway. And you, I think you just envision the finish line. Whereas I think it's the same in case with me. With um, I wasn't concussed, but I had I got a a knock to the head, and I was adamant I was going to continue, but. The referee, right, okay. the referee uh, in in the rugby wheelchair rugby league said, "No, no, no, I'm going to take yeah. that decision. You're going off in this. It's it's, yeah. it's non-negotiable." And I think once I did take that second to, and once I was off the court, I was like, "Yep, they made the right decision." Because I was, I <laughs> yeah, was yeah. blurry, but I think I went to the toilet and I was kind of walking as if I was drunk so I was thinking okay right. my, they made the right decision to take it out of my hands because I might have done something stupid so I think when when that is in case in point I think it does it does necessarily take somebody to step in and say no Emma no James it's not yeah. the right decision this is a given mm, yeah. so I think from that basis are you doing it at a different time of the year because obviously you're doing it in Scotland and they're well, their weather is more sporadic than maybe the rest of the country, but you could say that the same of the whole island. Yeah, no, no. well, yeah, because when I did it in two thousand, yeah, two thousand seventeen, it was in July. So you'd think you think associate July with like a summer month, but in Scotland, it was like vertical rain, and it was actually pretty miserable conditions. I'm doing it obviously in September, <laughs> so. It will be a little bit colder, and you never know in Scotland. See what the weather's like on the day. 
Uh, when you said to me vertical rain, I was assuming, I don't know, February, March. Obviously not earlier than that because it probably would be. No, it's July. Rain. Yeah, July. That was, that was un- that's unseasonable then. Yeah, it was very, yeah, because you, you, you don't think it's going to be like that. But it was actually really cold, really misty because I, I guess we were quite high up. Um, and I think it was just the, the amount of like river submersions and stuff and water based thing challenges that you've got to do. So that's why it got even colder. Yeah, but the other alternative for you then, Emma, if we go from that perspective and we go look at last year, you, you could have had to then with, um, God, what was the temperature like this time last year? Okay, July wasn't that hot, but be it August was the hottest it's ever been. So it's, that could be yeah, yeah, yeah. of obviously dealing with heat stroke. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. See what the day has in store. Who knows? But I, but I think, but then the old old saying going doesn't. But most long distance racing, don't they particularly prefer when it's raining? Okay. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I I love running in the rain. Yeah, I'm one of those mad people. I don't believe, where... I don't believe you. I think that I think that depends. I do. On... I love. I love no, it. But wouldn't it depend on the type, as in how much is coming out the sky? Well, one year, right, when it was, we had floods. Um, one of, I was working at a different workplace at the time and one of uh, the girls I worked with was on the bus and she came in the next day and she said, Emma, please say that you weren't that crazy girl I saw running in the floods because it's literally like water everywhere. And I was like, la, 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 <laughs> like running. So if it, I would say if it gets to the point, like weather conditions, where it's hailstoning, that's not as pleasant because that hurts. Um, but rain, yeah, I, I like it. Well, I'm probably similar to a certain extent, but that's probably a conditioning of, oh God, it wasn't that long time of, of time frame of sport. Rowing, I think it was four three, four years, and then probably my background in swimming probably helps with that um, positive attitude to a certain extent with rain because, okay, I did it not as a living, but be it as a profession, a hobby from such, well, not that young age, but from 11 years old, I'm jumping into water on a daily basis uh, to get wet. Okay, from a rainy perspective, not out of choice, but you don't have that negative uh, connotation towards, oh, it's raining, I feel crap, um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You did a post about it the other day, what do you do when it's raining outside um, kind of thing. Whereas I think depending on how bad and the severity of what the the rain is, be it, you know, like it's raining cats and dogs and things of that nature, okay, that probably would transpire you kind of get into that extreme no no no. i'm going to be inside i'm not going to get wet but anything there there between be it you know intermittent showers um it raining that it's not too bad i think from a sporting sense and be runners cyclists uh trying to think of other outdoor sports enjoy it because it's a sense of being able to you don't really have to not say it from a hydration point of view, but you can cool down because of the elements, and and it gives you mm. a, a greater yeah, sense yeah. of. A, I'll call it a, a game changer from a performance standpoint because it kind of gives you another boost. It's like oh, that's yeah, nice. it's got so you. That's a respite, and you can mm. kind of go again. Yeah, no, definitely. I find it. I find it a lot easier running in the rain as opposed to when it's really hot. I find it challenging when it's like really hot and sunny running. Whereas some people are totally different. Um, again, it's what it's what you're used to. I remember going um, a couple of years ago, going on a run with um, a Spanish guy, and it was boiling hot, and he was just absolutely fine, and I was, I was like dying. I was like, Ugh. I was like, David, it's so hot, and he's like, it's wonderful, I love it, and I was just like, oh. So you should have taken him when he was snowing or something like that. It's like, are you yeah, okay? I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be like, right, crack on, let's go. <laughs> Do some like angels in the snow while we're there. 
No, but it's a difficult... Yeah, but I think that's where... I think certain climatic... I call them phenomenons to a certain extent, play an advantage to certain people because mm-hmm. your environment is a, a very good one. That's probably why, well, most athletes, British, I'm going to say specifically for the example, will train abroad. Yeah, yeah. To, to negate, um, well, not our intermittent weather, but be it the patterns of normality to be able to get good chunks of um, training under, under the, under the, oh, I can't think of the word, tra- training under, mine's completely, completely blank, but trying to get that strong base load and that bottom of the pyramid done and the weather not be a factor. So be it, depending on the sport, be Southern Europe in the winter, uh, the Southern Hemisphere, the, obviously the money's there from, I'm talking from a professional standpoint now. Um, they'll do it because there's, there's marginal gains to be get, to be made. And I think me thinking back on reflection, why was I so happy? And I'm not going to say all the time in my athletic career, because that would be, that'd be false. Uh, would be those momentary stop gaps, those breaks. I don't know. Um, the one that springs to mind, I wasn't particularly having a pleasant time at university. That was a respite. I was fortunate to be able to take, how long was it? About two, almost two weeks out of my study mm-hmm. and be able to refresh, refresh and go again. No other, stu- not, I'm saying, not every student has that capability to be able to do that. It'd be, they've kind of got to plod through it. I can go to go, okay, we'll put this on hold. Yeah, I'll come back to when okay. I had to obviously do a coursework or whatever while I was away, but I can have that reprieve of that's not going particularly right. Right, let's put a let's put a a knife right through it. That's done. Yeah, let's move yep. on to where you're, you're. I'm not gonna say happy, but happier, and you you are probably closer to to being yourself. It's be happy go lucky because. I'm I'm not saying the life of the pie, but uh, I've always been that way inclined to be. I'm not gonna say joking, but be be it. If I laugh, everybody will probably join in because it's one of those kind of infections. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's another thing that I'm big on is that that you have the right balance in life, and obviously some serious aspects to it but then yeah as you said when you were joking about your game just like uh, losing just like being able to you know not taking life too seriously just having the right balance I guess and just just enjoying it have a have a laugh like <laughs> yeah oh no I like to rub it in as well when, when, when I think one of the games <laughs> we were expected to to lose and we started winning and the other the other player on the other team start getting annoyed it's like yeah this is hilarious so I'm gonna rub it <laughs> in even more <laughs> and and okay they end up winning but it's like okay I've I've kind of in that mindset of and this is probably where I thrive when I'm kind of in that mindset and I think it horrifies people close to me is how can you think like that that you're going to lose and be okay with it. And I think we've probably come to the finite, finite identity of that is because it's, it, I, I can be comfortable with that mm-hmm. and I kind of thrive under that. Oh, I wouldn't call it pressure. It would be everything's been lifted off and let me just enjoy the experience of kind of, okay, that's a lower level, but I would in, 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 Uti- I won't use that word. I'll utilize the same kind of thought process even when I was at the, uh, at the elite stage it'd be yeah I'm comfortable with what I'm saying I'm not yep. taking any negative from the meaning that's probably not probably not using the right wording I could probably word it better but it has no negative belief behind it I think this the form says that that as well 
but I'm still going to throw that to one side and still compete. I, mm. I, I see what happens. It's not me. I'm not rolling over and giving up completely. It's because yeah. I think on this, I would put a blanket statement as generalized. You shouldn't do that anyway. It's, it's you, you are kind of, kind of, kind of going to confront your demons or whatever you want to yep. call them head on, but mm-hmm. you have a different uh, association with it. Be it. I don't know if we use a business terminology, you don't like the word sales or if you work mm. with it a different way. Yeah. Uh, and I can be, I'll be transparent. I don't like the word, but if I say it as communication, I'm having a yeah. I'm communicating with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with communicating because, yeah. It's the normal thing to do between two individuals, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I'm more inclined to be able to do better at it than having that negative connection towards sales. I must sell that. I must make money at the end of the day to be able to do it. Yeah, that's a negative thing because I'm going to go very. Fit, fit, oh, God, I keep doing this on every show. Philosophical. <laughs> yeah, you did it. <laughs> and the word is not that difficult uh, to say. I think if we have that materialistic approach to things, we generally don't want we doing it for the wrong reasons. Whereas, yeah, I think yeah, maybe yeah, this is where the general populace have that disconnect with. Be it or well, why do you want to get to those heights of sport? Why do you want to do per se what you're doing to your body? There's a deep, deeper, uh, deeper. I'm struggling with words today, but I'll leave it in the, in the episode because it's some of it might be funny. Um, <laughs> doing it as in there's a deeper why. I'm not doing it for a new car and big house, yeah. blah blah blah, and the new yachts, which I think is the new thing towards selling people because it's like, oh, if I can entice you into you wanting this, yeah, yeah, you're gonna want to. I don't want to use this word, but better yourself or better the position you're in. Whereas I think that's kind of going away from over here. And I know people listening to this can't see my hand moving around. Uh, but the actual why, why you're doing it, obviously you yours is, I would say from my perspective, thinking twofold, maybe more. And we probably can go into that a little bit more detail is obviously for the the mind charity. And yeah. you wanting to better your previous experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And just for the sense of accomplishment, really, as well. Definitely. Yeah, but then wouldn't you strive to go on to, I'm not going to say greater things, because it's, I still can't mm. get my head around it, uh, to want to do it, be, I don't know, um, there's another um, rich angel I had on last week. Uh, as we're recording this, he's doing the three peaks in the UK. Okay. Oh yeah, I've never done three peaks. Yeah, I cheated and I've been up one of the mountains, but in Wales we've got a railway, so that's I can get to the summit of a mountain by cheat cheating because I've got a t-shirt that says I've climbed it. Technically, it's true, uh, but <laughs> oh, technically it's cheating. But each each to their own. The other two. Ben Nervous, I probably wouldn't attempt because it's when we talk about Scotland with you, it could it could well any mountain can change just like that. It could change yeah, yeah, yeah. on the on the on the on on a on a flip of a coin kind of thing. So from that basis I can relate as to why you're doing those kind of challenging is to want to push yourself and push your boundaries and and, and kind of go out mm-hmm. of the comfort of normality and, and get into that uncomfortable state but i'm just gonna be my battery's about to go i think it's just gone five percent so i'm going to plug in hold on okay i'm gonna have to move my phone a bit hold on don't you die like, on me you like doing it on your phone don't you like yeah you. Right. I'm just gonna have, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hold it because I lost my main cable, so I've got like a charger, but the it's like really short cable. I'm just gonna hold it. Why don't you get something like that? 
like I what? Edit, I'll edit some of this. I was in a tripod. Yeah, you know, I I don't even have that. I don't even have that yet. I don't even have a selfie stick, which I think surprises a lot of people. <laughs> I don't want one of them now. That's that's a gimmick. It's a gimmick yeah. now. It's it was a it was a trend. I think two years ago. I'm, I might actually mm-hmm. leave this in anyway. I'm from that basis. Uh, but in terms of, I don't know, lost where we were at. But hey, away. Hey, oh, well, um, in terms of that kind of thought process, I think I've got it now. In terms of that thought process, be it, and this is the connection towards your why, is obviously it's not strong enough. Because I was asked to do, uh, when would it be, about a few months ago, be October time last year. My phone's ringing. Do you want me to Can pause you hear it? Can phone ringing? Do you want me to pause it? Yeah, yeah, yeah can you? Yeah, yeah, and I think this is why with your why, when it's not built on your actual core beliefs, this is I think where people struggle because it's like, well, I'm following a precursor of what somebody's telling me to be, and and coming back to what uses the example, I was asked to, would I like, should I say, to do the challenge of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro for a charity and, I, and at the time I did like the challenge because it was in the headspace of okay I was coming off well coming through my own bouts with mental health and it was okay let me take a scenario that is alien adverse very outside the box for me right now and could level to the exploit of my past life in sport and I'm thinking well okay that's going to be somewhere near and thereabouts close enough or maybe actually surpass it yeah okay let's 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 take up the challenge and I I think I slowly I won't say as I got better but as I think I got onto that spectrum of probably towards more and more back to who I was uh, and being comfortable with that, being said to more po- be more positive, thinking uh, not doubts start crept in, but you think of the the what ifs. It's like, well, you've got this, this, this could go wrong, this could go wrong. Um, okay, I had a full time job at the time. I probably thought of all the things that I needed to do, and I think a lot of people will sign up. Yes, yeah, a challenge is for charity but they're not thinking about all the process in between, you know, the training aspect, what condition mm. I need. To, okay. Yep. I'm probably helped by the job I do day to day as a personal trainer. Cause it's like, well, I need to be in a certain level of conditioning to be at normal functionality. Okay. That's yep. probably ramped up. I'm not saying twice as much, but up, up a little bit with having a disability. So the function day to day with that so you're taking up from what is okay i don't live on relatively flat surfaces where i live in north wales so that's probably a help so i'm gonna have to go up hills periodically just to come up my high street so i think maybe with people who live southern england things like that where it's a little bit flat i'm not saying everywhere's flat and don't jump on my case now people in the southeast Uh, (laughs) but i'm just playing to what the the topography is you're and I'm gonna use my words loosely now and slightly carefully you probably didn't think of everything like the difficult the dif, the difficulty things that's gonna arise you're thinking it's a nice thing to do it's doing it for the right reasons but you're not taking your your case in, in point and actually thinking to yourself you're thinking of probably the bigger picture when you think you need to on this occasion think a little bit more minutely and thinking within a bubble it's how is this going to affect me and I think I saw that and the, the organizer of that trip is a former client of mine so I actually asked him point blank why why for his for his reason his his was pointed because it's very similar to yours it's there's a reason and a deep connection towards it it's mm. it's it's a 
it's a not a, a bucket list of his, but it's something he adamantly wants to do. Whereas maybe for everybody mm. else, it's like way, way, way down the list. For me, it's like, okay, let me maybe overcome something slightly smaller than I think. What is it? I think it's the second or third highest mountain in the world. Mount yeah. I think so. It's like okay, let's maybe go down the list a tad. Yeah. Maybe overcome the one that's on the British Isles first. Once I accomplish that, then maybe consider doing it. But I think that's thinking more rationally. And I could see the awareness starting to come back in. You're not thinking of it. Oh, that look, that sounds nice. That's it helped along the the way to, to probably deal with mental health and, and probably overcome the grander scheme of of anxiety and panic attacks because it's I'm able to do here, here, here through a process and come out the other side and by all means not completely over it, but you're able to be able to showcase to somebody else how to do it Mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? That's me telling you, okay, this is what I did instead. Yep. And you utilize what you want to. And you go kind of, and I use a, a library analogy. You go pick over what book, any, any book in the library that you want that from my catalog yep. and you implore which you think is going to work best for you. And it's, it's bit having that element of trial and error, really, mm. to, to yeah. overcome things. And I think maybe people look to overcomplicate everything be it yeah 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 massively nutrition probably the very big one is probably inside the head Mm -hmm. things that blow things out of proportion i'm i'm i i I look i can look myself in the mirror i'm i'm very uh and hold my hand up and say i'm a good one at doing that occasionally yeah so am i so am i (laughs) but i think i think it's it's deep deep centered to who was I speaking to about it? The genetic in terms of we're still operating thousands and thousands of years ago. We're thinking, well, why has that not evolved? That thought process to be, you've got a roof over your head, you've got accommodation. Most people have clean running water. And if you live in the Western world, you got food to your content. It it it's 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 mm-hmm. it doesn't grow on trees. It's not as if it grows it grows on grows on trees. You get it wherever you want, whenever you want. So this actual deep rooted belief that we need to overthink things we shouldn't do. Okay, we need to say that take take that step back time to time and say, look at those I think from a gratitude perspective, I think it's like five, five, five things that you're thankful for. And yeah. Really. And, and everything else is, I don't want to say superficial, but it's, it's, it's either going to build upon those things. And I think the sooner we, we can realize that and probably get to it. I don't think everybody will ever get back to that, but that's, 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 the, that's the way it is. So we just have to accept that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So my penultimate question to you then, Emma. Okay, go for it. Is if you had to, and I'll start with two because somebody came at it from two different perspectives. If you had to, on the first hand, change somebody's inner belief system, how would you do it? How would I change someone's belief systems? So first of all, get them because obviously it depends on what their belief was about. So they'd have to sort of get specific and what it was. And then probably because I actually did um, my NLP last, um, the neurolinguistic programming. So it's getting them to think. It's called anchoring where you get them to think about um, like, an, like a different outcome of how they would like to feel as opposed to how they are feeling about that certain belief. And then what you do is you get them to really like get in, in, into it and visualize um, the outcome, um, how they're feeling, like using sort of colors. Um, some people, depends what, which, what, you resp- what you respond to. Some of people are very like 
uh, respond to sound, to feel, to smell, and just by focus, getting them to focus on like the outcome of how they'd like to feel. That's how I'd start to try and change their belief patterns sort of anchor, anchor a more positive moment. And then the second point to the question, how would you get them to challenge that? Would you start off with that first then? So yeah, you can you can do what you call like testing it. So you can test the anchor that you've sort of set and to see if you then go back to their original, I don't know, limiting belief or unpleasant experience, then you'll say, How how do you feel now? Or and you'll usually find if, if it's been successful and they've done a lot of work where you've, you've trialed it a few times that, that how they're feeling will be a lot less compared to how they felt about it originally. So it just takes being consistent with it and practicing it to lessen the sort of impact and, on their mood as well. And my final question to you, Emma, before we wrap up the episode, is if it goes... Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah. <laughs> these are the eight take. Eight take. Uh, if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? Ooh, good one. Well, it's made me think now. I'm like, oh, what am I going to say? One sentence. I'm usually lots of words all together. Um, that mindset has a huge part to what you set out to do in life. So whether it's sports or anything, I guess it's just to believe in yourself, know that you can, and it's never too late to get where you want to go and achieve what you'd like to achieve. So once again, Emma, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Thank you. Podcast, Mindset Athlete Podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. That's been my pleasure. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Emma and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at Foley underscore adventures and at James or Roberts 11. And again, you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And finally, do check out her Just Giving fundraising page in aid of Tyneside Mind providing mental health services to help people experiencing mental distress. And you can donate by going to www.justgiving.com slash fundraising slash smiling ninja. And as always, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk by clicking on the tab free resources. Make sure to check those links out. They will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category sport. So once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.